answers seem so clear. What number is this, Chip? Episode 61. Michael Nesmith drops a bombshell about an upcoming tour date. James Grant interviews Peter Tork. Ian Lee and Bobby Hart stops by Zilch. And Monkey's Mailbag. Okay, no, I mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. I'm Zilch. You're listening to Zilch, a Monkey's podcast. Welcome to your podcast all about the monkeys, Zilch. I am one of your hosts, Ken Mills, and I am joined by series regular and fellow co-host, Sarah Clark. Hey, everybody. How are you doing, Sarah? Doing well. Definitely busy times in the world of the monkeys, but it seems like 2016 would be because it is the year year of the monkeys. The year of the monkeys. The monkeys are coming to your town, your Blu-ray player, your CD player, and your computer. And you need to be prepared. In monkey news, the monkeys recently took over a radio station, 91.9 WFPK in Louisville. And DJ Laura Shine did the best she could to kind of keep the guys in check, wouldn't you say, Sarah? Yeah, it's, it, it was definitely obvious who had the upper hand, but it was a wonderful interview. It was hilarious. I happened to just be checking Facebook at the exact moment somebody posted that it was started. I uh, started listening a couple minutes in, and I wound up kind of sort of accidentally live-blogging the whole thing. It was hilarious, especially when somebody decided to call in. And that somebody was Mike Nesmith, and he uh, called in and joined mickey and peter and we're going to play some of that right now here is mike calling in to wfpk 91.9 dj laura shine from the monkeys who are live with us right now on wfpk radio louisville good times which has just been released on rhino records and the monkeys are playing tonight at the louisville palace and guess what we just uh were able to connect with a, another monkey right now and that would be the great michael nesmith michael can you hear me can you hear me uh michael yeah. All right. Great. Hey, Michael. Hey, Nez. These hey, Mike. Mac. Yes. Yes. Uh, hey, Peter. Hey, Michael. Which one of you guys left your socks on the porch? <laughs> <laughs> it's got a whole. It's got a whole family of squirrels on them now. They're welcome to it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell them that. I'll feed them. Okay. <laughs> I thought they'd eaten the eaten the thing. How you doing, Nez? I'm good. I'm good. just sitting here playing a little Warcraft and looking at the ocean. <laughs> How about you? You guys getting ready to play? Hey, yeah. a couple hours. Yep. You, you told us the reason you could, couldn't come on this thing was because you were like had a contract to fulfill. Oh, now yeah. I find oh, you're yeah. late. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm working very, very hard on yeah. the contract I had to fulfill. Yeah, uh-huh. And uh-huh. I'm not why I'm not playing Warcraft and I'm not looking at the ocean. <laughs> I'm really, really busy. <laughs> Are you having fun? It sounds like you're doing good business. Oh, we're doing great business, and the audience. Have been uh, 
been fantastic, in fact. I mean, the, uh, you know, every night uh, when I mention the new album, um, they sit down. every night it goes up like another 10, 15% of people that that uh, spontaneously erupt into mild applause. applause. Yeah, mild <laughs> And, um, well, I miss you. I've been reading the reviews. The reviews are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm very lucky that way. We're, all those old guys who hated us in the early days, they're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> now well, we're getting, show them. And, you know, as you, uh, as you well know, we haven't talked about it uh, recently, but as you know, the album's just... You know, just killing every everywhere, all all, oh, I know it. all I around the world. The, I watch the charts. I get up every morning, and uh, and go to work on the, the contract that's keeping me so busy I can't come play. <laughs> and then I look at the charts and I think, uh, hmm, hmm. Yeah. it looks pretty good. It's pretty I good. Have ice cream. Hey, listen, you know, we're sitting here at this wonderful radio station, and we've been playing stuff not only off the new album. In fact, just played me and Magdalena, and yeah, it still, yeah. to this day, gives me goosebumps. But we're yep. also, she has quite a wonderful uh, library here of stuff. So Peter and I have been playing stuff that sort of influenced us from, from yeah. pre-Monkey days. I uh, I played Baby Please Don't Go by them. Peter played uh, Whispering, um, Whispering Bells. Whispering Bells by the Dell Vikings. Anything oh, that pops. Into your head? How about? I was thinking maybe some Bo Diddley thing, or some yes. Jimmy Rogers whistling break. Bo did, well, either one, but uh, you know, Bo with with Peggy, that was my stuff. The song Bo Diddley by Bo Diddley is, you know, just I can't sit down. Makes me go want to clean the socks out of the <laughs> clean the squirrels out of the socks. I've got that one. We can certainly play it. Oh, yeah, squirrels out of socks. Um, <laughs> oh no, Bo Diddley. Okay, yes, yeah. we got it. You want to you want to play it? Shall we? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right, the Michael Nesmith's pick from the Monkees, who are live with us right now on WFBK Radio Louisville. Bo Diddley by Bo Diddley, and that was Michael Nesmith's pick today here on WFPK Radio Louisville. Michael, do we have you still with us? You do. All right, very good. Um, we have Peter Tork and Mickey Dolan's with us from the Monkees. They are playing tonight at the Louisville Palace. They and Michael a... isn't with us tonight at the Palace. No, he's not. Michael, what are, what are you up to these days? I, uh... He's got a contract to fulfill. <laughs> <laughs> I also heard you were, you're writing a book. Is that right? That is the contract. That's what Peter's talking about. Okay. I, got, I, had this, I had to deliver this book just at the same time the record was coming out and the, and the, and the tour was starting up, so... Couldn't figure out a way to put it together. But listen, guys, when should we do one? I sh- I can come meet you somewhere. Where should we go? Should we do the L.A. one? Oh, that'd be fun. Ooh, that would work for Please. me. We've got a couple of days to rehearse in front of that. Where are you playing in, the, in L.A.? Uh, Pantages. Pantages. Oh, that's a beautiful yeah. place. Yeah, it that's is. You, uh, Pantages, man. God, I re- that, remem- that reminds me of a time in 67. I went down there and saw a, li- a whole live show, and it was the Buffalo Springfield, Linda Ronstadt, in Chicago. Oh my gosh! What a great yeah. How cool! It's like a Three dollar ticket or something. <laughs> That's right. The wow. equivalent of four. Let's let's try to do that. I'll call. Try to come do that. Oh, that'd be great, Nez. It'd be great to sing and play with you. Oh man, I'll okay. say. And if we got a day or two to rehearse, uh, we can re- we can really uh, smoke it. Yep, Amen. we can. <laughs> You're mouth to God's ears, Michael. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Looking yeah. forward to it. Talk to you yeah, later. Well, I miss you, and you miss know, you. I miss you in spirit. Thank and you. I'll, I'll get this. 
I'm getting this wrapped up. I'm so excited about this book. I can't tell you. And Random House is all over it. They're starting to do stuff. One of the things I don't have is a title for it yet. For Pete's sake. On that. Wow. For Pete's sake. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what, what, what are you writing about, Michael? What's the book about? Oh, it's, uh, you know... <laughs> it's it's about how I should be on the road with the monkeys, <laughs> <laughs> and how I miss Mickey and Peter, and how I wish I was out there playing. Uh, well, well have fun. Don't work too hard. And um, how far are you along in Warcraft? <laughs> I'm a. I've got I got four level one hundreds. I, I don't know what that means, but it's it good, right? Well, then there you go. It's That's good, how huh? I play Warcraft, and you're the lead singer. <laughs> <laughs> so Max, is that any good? Yeah, Max says it's good. My son Max is Max a says that's guy very well. good. He says well, he had the only. Well, I love you guys and I miss you. Love you. Have fun. Thanks a lot, Mike. Take care, Mike. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Travels. Bye. Well, after hearing that, our own Melanie Mitchell posted, "California just sold out," <laughs> <laughs> and the date for that concert is September sixteenth, two thousand sixteen. So, if you happen to be able to go to the Hollywood Pantages Theater. In Los Angeles, California, you just might see Mike Nesmith, according to what we just heard. And I know that our own Melinda Gildart has already purchased ticket, and she will meet such L.A. zilchers as Jeff Geringer and Richard Wolofsky and Sarah Wolofsky. So that'll be cool. Hopefully you can all have a zilch get-together there. Absolutely. And in more Monkeys news, today, UltimateClassicRock.com put out their list of the best rock albums so far of 2016 and at number three guess what it was hmm uh the greatest hits of Zamfir, master of the pan flute good times oh okay yeah i think i heard something about that album and at number two paul simon's stranger to stranger and david bowie's black star so those are mm. the top three best albums of 2016 so far and we're only that's, in june so that's pretty cool that's good company to be in too wow yeah and all of those albums actually have been pretty good but i have to say i got a soft spot for good times so sarah what else is going on in monkey news yes unfortunately we heard that there's been another delay with the monkeys blu-ray box set it sounds like it was something out of rhino's hands whatever happened but it is now set to release on July 8th, 2016, and fingers crossed it will be. Oh, and I want to put in a quick plug since Melanie Mitchell is not here. Her book, Monkey Magic, is actually on sale right now until the Blu-ray box set comes out. So if you have been meaning to pick up her book, now would be an excellent time to pop over to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or the book purveyor of your choice and uh, get yourself a copy. Here it comes. The Monkees, the complete series, is coming to Blu-ray. All 58 episodes, carefully remastered from the original 35mm prints, in high definition for the very first time. Ten jam-packed discs that also include the movie Head, the 1969 TV special, 33 and a third revolutions per monkey, plus an exclusive bonus disc full of surprises. Pre-order now at monkeys.com. This set is not available anywhere else and is strictly limited to 10,000 individually numbered copies. The Monkees, the complete series, on Blu-ray, only at monkeys.com. Hi Zilch fans, this is Melanie Mitchell. Be sure to check out my book, Monkey Magic, a book about a TV show about a band. It's a lighthearted review and companion 
for the TV show that made the 60s fun. The paperback is available online from Amazon or Barnes & Noble, and the ebook can be bought anywhere that fine ebooks are sold. Check out the Monkey Magic Facebook page, follow me on Tumblr at bluemoonalto.tumblr.com, and listen for my contributions here on Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Sarah, it's time to dive into the monkey's mailbag. You ready to go? Got my snorkel. Okay, here we go. And here we are, secure in the monkey's mailbag. Sarah, would you like to read this one? Absolutely. All the way from London, England. Hello, Ken and Zilch Podcast team. I'm astonished yet awash with gratitude at the amount of work and passion you all put into each and every one of these entertaining, engaging, and informative explorations of all things monkeys and more. I stumbled upon your podcast a few months ago after doing an iTunes search for Monkeys Podcasts. I recall having made a similar search a few years ago, but came up zilch as opposed to zilch, as apparently it was before this podcast was a mere sparkle in its host's eye. I thought it was a star in your eye. Yes, it was a star, but they did sparkle. Okay, sparkly star. Got it. Okay. Back to the email. So it's a bit of a miracle that I gave it another shot as I figured I'd still be out of luck. Imagine my surprise and delight to see that not only was there a podcast entirely dedicated to the monkeys, but a current one with new episodes and everything. And from the very first listen, I was hooked. I've been a rabid fan of the monkeys, especially their music, but also the TV show. Ever since I was a kid, watching the reruns in the 70s and holding up my Kmart audio cassette player recorder up to the TV whenever one of these songs was being played. In 1976, my parents joined one of those 10 records or tapes for a penny clubs expressly so that they could obtain a cassette tape of Arista's The Monkeys greatest hits, which I proceeded to play and rewind over and over again until the tape was chewed to oblivion by an ornery stereo many years later. But the deal was sealed. I was a Monkees fan for life. But getting back to your fabulous podcast, I can't tell you the joy you have all brought to me, both in discovering I'm far from alone in my Monkees fandom and in the gratifying array of themes and topics you cover in your discussion. Listening to your podcast is such a highlight of my week, I actually limit my listening to specific dates, so as to ensure it remains a special treat and I don't wear out my repeat listens to the point I become tired of them. I love the banter, intelligence, and professionalism you each bring to these conversations and often find myself nodding, laughing out loud, and involuntarily bopping to the musical interludes. You do an artful job in your editing weaving in just the right, right balance of talk with music and fun transitions. Okay, have I convinced you of my love for this podcast? I look <laughs> forward with great anticipation to future podcast episodes. Thank you for bestowing such a selfless gift to all us monkey maniacs. All the best, Eva Marie Pillipuff Swires. P.S. I had just arrived home from ballet class and couldn't wait to try on a certain red bubble t-shirt that just came in the mail. I wanted to share with you my delight for this awesome addition to my wardrobe. My husband and I both love the design. Your talents are many and varied. That's clear to see. Thank you for giving us Zilch fans the opportunity to proudly proclaim our support and enjoyment of this wonderful podcast to the rest of the world. Wow. That was a big email. 
Yeah, man, you, you really are kind of becoming a bit of a celebrity, I have to say. Aw, shucks. <laughs> yeah, in my own mind, but that's about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a really cool picture of her in an orange zilch shirt. <laughs> yep, we'll put that in the show thread on the Facebook group, so everybody gets a chance to see it. And she is a ballerina, so it's very cool. We have a pretty ballerina listening to zilch, so that's very cool. Yes, but does she have microfilm in her toe shoes? Ooh, I don't know. I know yeah, that I have. That. I do have a microfilm in my red maracas, so you know. Mm. Don't do that. And Sarah, normally when we get mail in the monkey's mailbag, it's usually something we read to the folks. But someone sent a clip to us on the Zilch Facebook page, and here she is, Angel Llewellyn. Hello, Angel. Hi. Hello. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Welcome to the show, Angel. So you went and saw the monkeys recently. I did. I did. I was able to go see them when they were in Cleveland. Tell us all about that. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) When I saw that they were going to be in Cleveland, there was no way that I was going to miss that. So in a last split-second decision, I purchased a ticket and then another one for a dear friend of mine who was happy to go along with me. It it was amazing. Like a dream come true is probably the best way to describe it. So do you think the monkeys should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Absolutely. There is no doubt. I don't know why they're not there now. You know, we have this thing that we're doing. We have a Facebook page called Hashtag Induct the Monkeys, and we uh, encourage everybody when they're using Twitter or Facebook or Flizzleflam or any of the social media apps to use the hashtag induct the monkeys so we want everyone to do that absolutely they should be there they're an integral part of music history absolutely did you think that you would wind up on the mighty mighty zilch podcast when you sent in your uh, performance (laughs) no actually no um sharing Sharing my music that I make is not something I normally, it's not something I normally do, mm-hmm. but um, I was really happy to stumble upon the community and everybody made me feel very comfortable. I saw other people sharing, you know, different things. So I was just so happy after having been to the concert, brought back so many fond memories of learning to make music when I was young. And um, I just picked up my guitar and made it and decided to share it um, and I'm, I'm glad that I did I'm glad that I did very good well let's listen to your performance of Daydream Believer Thank you. 
acoustic version of I'm a Believer. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Did you ever think you'd be doing that? Picking up the guitar and playing it? It's yeah. something I do all the time around the house here and there, but it, it's not um, anything that I've taken seriously since I was a teenager, and that was many moons ago. <laughs> but you know, a lot of people will say that the monkeys don't belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but they influenced you and so many other people. Oh my goodness. There, you know, my, my mother had vinyl and we had this amazing, uh, I come from humble background, so we didn't have a lot, but we did have this fabulous record player. So we would stack up the, the vinyl and just let it go. And there was the Beatles, there was Elvis and the monkeys. And I was really drawn to the monkeys and their music and learned to play their songs on the piano later on learning to play a few things on the guitar and just connected with it that they they were they made me happy when i listen to their music i still get the same reaction they just make you smile they make you happy and the music is catchy and it sticks with you something you can sing along to and play along to it's fabulous good stuff absolutely and the monkeys have definitely influenced us all to do so many things that we do and it's so cool to find out that we are not alone that there are so many monkey maniacs all over the world and we're just glad that you joined us and glad you sent us this clip well thank you i'm very happy to have found um, a gathering of monkey fans it's something that i never thought i'd be able to experience either it, it's fabulous monkey fans are the best and i'm i'm grateful to be a part of the community and excited about that thank you for having me and I see that you're a yoga instructor, right? Yes, yes, that's what I do. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I, I recently um, found out that Peter practices yoga. I watched a, I, I don't know which um, interview it was, and he talks about uh, practicing yoga. They, they talk about him practicing yoga each morning to help him stay in shape and keep centered and focused, which I thought was really, really cool. Well, it, it definitely uh, does a body good, and I, I don't know if I do yoga yet, but I know I do yogurt, so I'm getting closer. <laughs> it's just a few letters removed. Well, you know, yoga and music has a very close connection and tie-in, and uh, the Beatles really helped bring uh, yoga to the forefront after their trip to India in the 60s. So there's a big connection between yoga and music. So, And, of course, Peter practicing makes it even better. <laughs> very true, very true. Very good. And um, I'm, I'm just going to take a stab in the dark. What's your favorite uh, podcast? Um, let me think about that. Uh, Zilch. 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 Never mind the furthermore, the plea is self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, thank you for dropping by Zilch today, and it was a pleasure getting to meet you, and we are so glad that you joined us. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Ken. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, much love to you, girl. Thank you so much. One of the really cool things about the Zilch Podcast and the Zilch Podcast Facebook page is that you guys all share the show up, and we really appreciate it. It only takes a second or two to click that share button, and it lets monkey fans all over the globe know that the Zilch Podcast is up. So you guys were sharing up the shows anyway. Earlier this year, Rhino did a really cool promotion. It was called Start Your Ear Off Right. And one of the things you could buy was the Monkey's Cereal Box 7-inch record set from 2016. And it was exclusive to record stores. And it is a Monkey's Cereal Box record set. And the set includes four flexi-discs styled 45 stylized to look like the classic cereal box styles of days gone by. The single includes Last Train to Clarksville, Words, I Never Thought It Peculiar, and Valerie. We're giving away one of those today and today we're going to draw from 179 shares and we're picking one of the people that shared and you could share the show as much as you want. And our winner is Judith Supple Hadlock. Congratulations Judith. You've won these really cool monkey collectible cereal box 45s so congratulations and thank you for sharing up the show and we'll do this from time to time it's it's kind of a fun thing to do congratulations to our contest winner this is uh really exciting we need to do this sort of thing more often i think yes and once again this is what happens when you share zilch you never know when a when this might turn into a contest to win something so but but we appreciate anyone who ever shares zilch so it's fantastic And now joining us on the Zilch Hotline, it's James Grant. How are you doing, sir? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. Good times are upon us. Good times is out. And you got to review the album, and you wrote an article for your newspaper, and you got to interview Peter Tork. Yes, I did. First off, let's ask you what you think about the Good Times album. What are your thoughts on it? I love it, and pleasantly surprised. I was looking forward to it, but... It exceeded all my expectations. I I would rank it just for me, Headquarters, Pisces, and then this. Because I think it encompasses everything from 66 through 68. And I'm just beyond uh, excited about the album. You know, it's weird for me. It it goes somewhere between uh, Birds of the Bees and the Monkeys and Head. Because there's some Head-like tracks on it. Yeah. But yet the tone of the album really fits just before birds the bees and the monkey like you could sneak it right in there almost right to me it seems like the natural sequel to pisces and james you had a an observation that you'd like to share sure especially with the the first four or five songs very early um, monkeys feel to them and then all of a sudden you get to me and mangalina and it's like wow okay first off that seems to reference the birds and bees era but yet it's it seems very current at the same time mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden towards the end once you get to i wasn't born to follow and then i know what i know it's just a completely different tone then and that's why it feels like to me it goes from 66 to th- through 68 very much innocence to experience and i think that's probably the reason it's sequenced the way it's sequenced because right. it is a little weird that a lot of mickey 
vocals are at the, at the very beginning, but that's the only way that I could see it make sense logically to have a sequence that way. Makes sense. Well, how did you discover the monkeys real quick? Just kind of get your little, your, your monkey story. Yeah, my, I have a brother who's nine years older, and I would always play his records. So I discovered the monkeys through him. In fact, I scratched all of his monkey records, and we, when I was younger, we'd have continual fights. If I got one for a birthday present, he kind of abscond with it, saying, you scratched my copy. But yeah, it was my older brother that really turned me on to the monkeys, and then the Beatles, and, and the, the love of the monkeys has always stayed since that time. Fantastic, fantastic. James, how is it that you got to interview Peter Tork? Well, actually, this is the second time I've interviewed Peter. Um, I do a lot of uh, freelance stories for my local newspaper, which I used to work for and now just freelance for him. And um, the opportunity came up, and, and of course, I was excited to do it again. And every and I've also, in the past, had interviewed Mickey Dolenz, and they've always been a great interview. Peter's always extremely polite, into it. And again, and this time as well, it was just a lot of fun to talk with him. He's just so easygoing. And I was extremely excited to have the Zilch audience listen to it because especially what Peter says about a better uh, world and being written by his brother, it, it's just really interesting. And, it's, and he's very much the, the countercultural sort of person he was in the 60s. So it's, I think it's a really fun listen. All right. Well, let's check it out. James Grant interviewing Peter Tork. Take it away. Anyone can see it. A better world is coming if we live as we believe. A better world is starting. No need to be brokenhearted. No need for longing. We can have all we need. There's more than enough to feed all the hungry, to mend every broken heart. We can bring this about if we mean it. It's not gonna be. Hi, is this Peter? Hey, um, oh great. First off, I just heard the new album and it's fantastic. Um, what were the sessions like for you and what was it like working with Adam Schlesinger? Well, it was fun. Adam's great, you know. It's, it's tremendous to have the enthusiasm of a gang of people like that, like like Adam and, you know, the rest of the weird independent indie rockers that, that contributed. And, of course, working in the studio with old Nick again. And um, this guy wasn't in the studio for Mike's work, uh, but, uh, you know, but I think his work is wonderful. I'm just so impressed with the way his singing is doing, has, uh, has changed. And Mickey still sings as well as he ever did. It's really amazing. Yeah. Um, here we are, all 45 years old, each of us. It's amazing. I thought you all sounded great. I was especially fond of Little Girl and Wasn't Born to Follow, but Andrew Sandoval mentioned that there's a bonus track called A Better World that he put strings on. Uh, What's the story with that song? Uh, it's a song my brother wrote. Uh, it, um, it, it says, uh, basically, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty around. Uh, it puts the lie to the notion that there isn't enough in this world for us all. There is. Uh, there's plenty. Uh, the... the uh, the difference is political. Uh, I had a girlfriend once who got real angry at me because she thought I was talking about one political end of the spectrum or the other. And I was saying, no, no, it's just that, you know, it, it's, well, what it is is political. Really, it's, it's fear-based. Um, the, uh, the, the, the more we're afraid, the more we hoard and the, and the 
suffer everywhere you turn. So uh, it's, it's kind of a plea for noticing that there's no call for fear. That we're, we're all right. You, you don't have to hoard and, and, uh, and, and you know, grab to make sure you're all right. You're all right as it is, so relax. I don't, I don't know how much effect it'll have, but I think that the message of the song is reassuring and, and encouraging, and that's the idea. I see that there's three or four bonus tracks. Were you guys a part of that decision to make them bonus tracks, or did you label the ones as you were recording them as bonus tracks? Uh, I was not part of the decision-making process, and I cannot actually talk to uh, who was part of it because I wasn't there. How would you classify the sound of the new album? How would I classify? I wouldn't. I would. I would. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's some parts of it are obvious. There's a there's a sense of uh, kind of a, a hopeful wish to reconnect with the uh, the joys of the original monkeys music and the original time of of, uh, of our of the lives. But a lot of people look to the '60s as a as a moment of hope, and. Um, as I do, uh, I thought that there, for a while it looked as though there was really going to be some uh, major changes, and maybe there have been. Uh, they they haven't come as uh, as briskly as I could have hoped, and maybe I haven't even noticed. But uh, I was a very hopeful guy in the '60s. I'm not that much less hopeful now, uh, but I've become uh, kind of sadly aware that the changes aren't going to happen overnight. So. But I still have I still have hope because I think that uh, the human race is really interested in its own survival, and I think it's progress, and I think we'll see more. The other thing I see that there's going to be some VIP packages available to see sound checks where you're going to play some deep album cuts. Have you guys decided what kind of deep cuts you're going to be playing? The uh, the, the VIP packages uh, uh, we're calling. <laughs> Uh, those uh, no, we're going to do everything. Everything's going to be different. Uh, we're going to do different things every night. We're going to do songs that we've never done before and may never do again. And we're going to do some uh, offbeat stuff. Um, I'm going to sing an operatic aria. <laughs> It'll be funny, all right. <laughs> Andrew also mentioned that the acoustic set will be back and that Davy and Mike will be a full part of the concert experience. Can you give me some more details about that? We're certainly going to have their, uh, you know, we we run uh, video all the time, all show long, and there will be um, there will be uh, videos of uh, uh, of Michael and uh, and Davy, of course. Uh, we found a song that Davy sang that never got put on record until now, and it's going on this record. It's going on good time. So we'll have yeah. Davy singing on this new new record along with Mike's two or three cuts and. Um, my two and or three and uh, and Mickey's always his lead vocal duties and, and so they'll be part of the show in the sense that the pictures will be there and the music will be there uh, one of the things we're going to be doing is a song called What Am I Doing Hanging Around that Michael brought into the group uh, that I play banjo on and I'll be singing Michael's part he says he won't be there somebody has to sing the thing so I want to do it and like that that's the kind of thing I'm talking about now, have you seen some of the new Blu-ray high-def transfers or any of the outtakes that are going to be part of the new Blu-ray box set? I have not. No, I have not. I don't have any idea what's on those things. Uh, but I trust Andrew to uh, to come up with some wonderful offbeat stuff from way back. Are you a fan of the TV outtakes or even outtakes for songs? 
You know, I, yes, I, I, uh, I, I was a tremendous Beatles fan in the early days, and as the stuff has come out and we've heard uh, earlier tapes and, and, the, and the demos that John Lennon would put down on tape or something, cassette, and you'd bring them into, and now we get to hear some of those things, and yeah, I, I enjoy them a lot. So if you're interested in the history of the monkey recording, or if you just want to have fun listening to what it was like working through some of this stuff, what are you looking forward to most about the new tour? It's going to be a long, a long one, longer than you've done in quite a while. Oh yeah, this will be about the longest since uh, since the uh, the big twentieth anniversary tour. Uh, I, I'm the thing I'm looking most forward to. I, it's the same every year. Every every tour we do, I enjoy getting on the road. I enjoy performing. I enjoy relaxing. I enjoy the trip. I enjoy hanging with the gang between shows. I enjoy just about all there is to enjoy about it, and I'm looking forward to all of it. Looking back, what's been the most satisfying part of being involved with the Whole Monkeys Project? The Whole Monkeys Project. Yeah, TV, film, music, concert. <laughs> Personally satisfying for me has been, uh, well, the, the, for one, the thing I enjoyed about being in the project, within the project, was uh, watching... TV being made and music being made. I, I, I had never known about those processes before. And I just was really a dog at the business of making television and making records and making shows, for that matter. Um, as far as what I am happiest about being about the monkeys overall was that... To me, it seems that the important thing about the Monkees was that at a time when we really couldn't trust the people in charge of the country, uh, when it's, as it seems to me, there were a lot of heavyweight politicians pursuing a war for the sake of their egos and not for the sake of the well-being of the country, that the Monkees stood for, uh, we don't. We're not going to get the help of the big boys, but that's okay. We can make it on our own and be cheerful about it. So, as you know, there was no authority figure on the monkeys, yeah. in the monkeys. There was no big daddy. There was no manager telling us what was right and wrong and gently leading us into correct ways of behavior. None of that stuff. We were just, you know, it was us dealing with the world as best we could. And I thought that said something important at the time and still important at the time. We can be, we can, we, we're all right. We don't need to be uh, beholden to authority. In fact, I think overall authority is probably uh, overrated in its entirety. Yeah. There's kind of talk that this is the final Monkeys album. Uh, it turned out so well. Do you ever see more recordings, or is that something you just don't know? Of course I don't know. But if you ask me if I would like to do some more monkey recording, of course. I enjoy the process. I like music. I love the guys. I love enjoying it. Mickey is an awful lot of fun to hang with. Um, and I would be delighted if, if, if a new record came out yet again. A newer, yet or again record. I also read that at one point there was talk of maybe some of the writers from Good Times joining the tour as maybe one-off dates to perform. Is that something that was considered or will happen? Sure. Hey, most of these guys, we'd be delighted to have them come join us on stage for a song or two. I've always uh, had a great time bringing people up that makes the show much livelier. It keeps uh, it keeps the audience more um, more involved, uh, and uh, and it 
it's you know, always great to work with uh, with a new gang of people like that. One of these guys, which one was it? The gang. Uh, one of these guys went to school, same school I did. Oh yeah, was that Rivers Cuomo or? That's right. That's right. Rivers Cuomo and Weezer, uh, right? So yeah, yeah. He went. He went to. He went to the high school that I graduated from. Oh yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I, in fact, she makes me laugh when I hear Mickey's vocal. It just sounds like it popped right off of 1967. It's just amazing. Yep. That's the thing. That's what it's all about. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I look forward to seeing the show. I hope so, because if you look backward, you'd miss it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We'll be here all day. Don't forget to keep your bartender and waitress. Um, it's good talking to you, James. Be careful with yourself out there. And, Have a good afternoon. I'll see you again sometime. All right. Bye-bye. Take good care. Bye. Well, that was an excellent interview. Thank you very much, James. Oh, cool. I, I really yeah, appreciate that. I, I'm sure our listeners will love listening to that. And you know, you're right about Peter Tork being that same guy that he was in the 60s up till today. And he still cares about the world and wants it to be a better place. He wants a better yeah. world, if you will. Yeah, and I love that he always signs off, you know, take care of yourself. You know, he's always, it's, it's, I've always had fun talking to him anyway. Mm-hmm. Very good. Now I know the audio isn't the best, but it was, um, and it was recorded on telephone. But I think the interview is so interesting and Peter so animated that it, you can kind of skip the little dodgy audio. Well, I'll tell you what, it's 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 a great interview, and we want to thank you so much for sharing that with all of us here at Zilch. And we deputize you a roving reporter anytime you interview one of the guys. Let us know, and we'll have you back on the show, and you can put this out there. And, of course, James, we'd like to thank the new Sentinel in Fort Wayne, Indiana, for allowing us to use this interview. Thank you for Great. coming on, had, Zilch. Had Great. Thank you. I had a such a good time. Are you going to see the monkeys on tour this year? Oh, yes. I'm going to see them June 7th, actually, right. here in Fort Wayne. Well, good times are indeed ahead. Thank you for coming on the show. Great. I, had, I loved it. This is James Grant, and you're listening to Zilch, a monkeys podcast. <laughs> As we all know here in Zilch Nation, 7A Records is doing it. They're putting out more awesome releases. Seems like every time I turn around on the interwebs, Ian's posting something new. And he's here to talk about one of his newest projects that's coming out. Welcome to Zilch, Ian Lee. Hello. And here on the Zilch Hotline, is the one, the only, our good friend, Ian Lee. Welcome back to Zilch, Ian Lee. Hello, Zilchers. It's always a joy to be inside your head, your ears, your podcast, your um, MP3 player, your computer. However you carry me around, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Your apartment when they're gone to work, but they don't yeah. need to know about that. No, they don't need to know that Ken and I, when you do go to work, we come out of uh, your, the podcast and we have a little look around at all of your things. And boy, oh boy, you really should um, try and keep up with the laundry. I actually organized their socks. <laughs> Imagine that, Ken, if you came back home and all of your socks and underwear was put in color-coordinated fashion, but nobody had been in the house. That would be freaky. Zilch. It does a laundry good. Yes. Zilch. So it's exciting times that we live in. We live in good times. And I understand that England finally got some good times. Tell us about the release of Good Times over there. We got good times. It's not had the massive kind of um, uh, press that it's had over in the States. Saying that, I have just read, uh, there's a brilliant magazine that I occasionally write for called Record Collector over mm -hmm. here. 
and they have just sent me their review for Good Times. Uh, four stars out of five. Uh, it gets a cracking review. It says it's brilliant. It says all you know, all the songs are great. It, you know, um, even the songs that I may think are a little bit weaker. Uh, it raves about, and it's. I'm just gonna hang on a minute. I can tell you where it debuted in the chart here because it, it's. I mean, it's number thirteen in the UK charts. Number thirteen, and they didn't have the big record store release parties like we had over here, so that's pretty darn well, amazing. Have that kind of, and it's it's funny, isn't it? Um, because I've seen a few um, British fans upset online, going, "But we didn't have the big record store uh, release over here." Well, yeah, we had all four monkeys do a tour over here, you know. So we we kind of we kind of get spoiled over here. So um, I'm not too upset about that. But the, the songs have been played on radio too. A couple of the songs have been played on radio too, which is kind of the, the big mainstream radio station over here, BBC. So it's doing really well. I've been playing the songs on my show, and my show's a talk show. So you know, the, it's uh, it's. But it, I love it, man. I absolutely love it. I'd have loved it, Ken, if it had been a stinker. You know, if it had been an awful record, I would still have been excited and proud and would still have enjoyed it on some perverse kind of level in the way that, you know, I enjoy She's Moving In With Rico. I'm not mm -hmm. a bigger fan of it as you are, but uh, <laughs> I enjoyed that song. You know, it's a stinker, but I enjoy it. But Good Times, man, it's, um, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, you know, and there seems to be a trend for what used to be called heritage artists, older artists, for releasing some of the strongest work of their careers. Paul Simon's got a new album out that's mm -hmm. getting five-star reviews. Who'd have thought it? You know, the Monkees are getting four and five-star reviews. And it just, you know, you, you can't write off these old guys. No, you can't. But, you know, they, they came up in a time when you actually had to have talent in order to, to make music, so... <laughs> What's interesting? I, maybe you know the answer to this. How long did it take to record the album? I, I, I'm, I'm making up in my head not very long because it wasn't that long ago that um, uh, Andrew Sandoval was tweeting Andy Partridge to ask him if he'd like to write a song. And in my head, you know, this is kind of a throwback to the 60s when they would knock an album out in, in yeah. two weeks. I don't know how long this took, but I can't imagine it took you know, more than a, a couple of months, and I think no, that would it, be pushing. It, it, it really seemed like it was February, and then uh, the overdubs and stuff like that in March. And then yeah. when you think about, like, it was being mastered like two weeks before we had it in our hands, that's that's amazing. Yeah. And, and for such a staggeringly good body of work to be done in that amount of time, we're, I mean, we, we, we kind of went from... The Beatles knocking their first album out in 12 hours yeah. to Def Leppard taking six years. So, yeah. And which album is the one that is like epic yeah, as far as time goes? I have listened. I mean, I've had this. I got this album a little bit early because I got a press copy. Mm -hmm. And I have listened to this album more times already than I've ever listened to Just Us. I have to say, same here. Yeah. It's just brilliant. It. It's just but Mickey's voice, man. I mean, how the hell? What is it? He's 71, 72. How the hell does he sound like that? Nesmith sounds older, but he's um, but but more mature than the guy that was singing "If I Ever Get to Saginaw Again." But you know, he's yeah. he's, he's he's kind of grown into that world weary voice that he, he uses on me and Magdalena. Mm -hmm. um, 
and, and you know, and Peter Talk is sounding rather chipper. You know, he obviously was never the 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 main vocalist in the band, but he's sounding rather chipper on um, on the two songs that he provides on the main album. Mm-hmm. How do you come down on the main album versus the bonus tracks? Terrifying should have been on the main album. In my humble opinion, and I don't want to, you know, I've seen lots of people again sniping on on the internet and stuff saying, well, they should have done this, and well, why didn't they do this? (laughs) Listen, if I produced it, I can't produce an album, but you know, we're all armchair producers and all armchair quarterbacks. If I produced it, I would have done things a little bit differently. If you'd have produced it, you'd have done things a little bit differently. It's amazing, you know, as it is. But I would have, I would have liked Terrifying to have been on the main album because I think it's great. I don't really enjoy version two of me and Magdalena, but I've only listened to it once. I need to listen to it a couple of times. And I think the other two songs are great B-sides in the tradition of 60s B-sides. You know, mm-hmm. that's not in any way to knock them or to demean them. I don't think they're necessarily as strong as the rest of the album. But in the 60s, you get these great B-sides, you know, yeah. like, um, oh, well, it's nice to be with you on the, mm-hmm. the B-side to D.W. Washburn. Not particularly an album track, but it's a great little secret song to to find, you know. So yeah, I think the last two, "Better World" and "Love's a What I Want," "Better World" and "Love Is What I Want," yeah, I think they are excellent B sides. Very good. To me, the only way I can kind of keep it straight is that you have "Good Times Proper" and then the "Good Times" EP. That's yes, just kind of how I look at it. And of course, I'm about this weekend when I get the time. I'm going to burn myself a complete deluxe deluxe edition of good times with all the bonus tracks on there of course i'm gonna do that you know so i I think it's nice and i don't mind this thing of um i find it quite a thrill having to hunt down the different versions and of course i'll get the different versions and yes i've just put some you know i've gone onto mickey's ebay shop and you know i've paid for the signed vinyl copy of of good times even though i'm probably going to see him in august i've paid the money because i'm I'm a completist i want all of that and i don't mind you know going onto a japanese website and down and and buying the japanese version there's kind of a thrill to it in a way yeah you know it's kind of weird but uh we we are fans and that is what we do we we hunt for the variant andrew and john hughes and everybody involved with it you know Hats off, man. They've, they've done what many people thought was impossible, but what we the fans, can, what we the fans knew was dis, you know, completely possible. They have made a fantastic album, and I look forward to the next one. I never thought I would be enjoying something like this in 2016, mm. that, especially of this quality. Like, like you it said, transcends, it transcends age, right? It transcends right. age because um, I, I'm loving it. My kids do love, you know, love, love the monkeys anyway. Um, they're singing, they're singing. She makes me smile. You know, they're, they're singing that to me. They're going, can we have the, she, can we have the, she makes me smile song again, daddy? You know, and and they're loving it, which is what the monkeys I think were always about. You know, they were the, the, the pop music transcended the ages, which is why when you get go to monkeys concerts, you'll see. I've seen eighty-year-old people, and my boy was five years old at the last one. You know, so mm-hmm. oh, it's just brilliant. Who'd have, who'd have thought it? Well, we would have thought it, and we knew they could do it, and they have, and I'm so proud of all of them. Absolutely. Well, speaking of great records, you've got some cool stuff coming up. I'm particularly looking forward to something that you have new coming: the Mickey Dolan's Christian Nesmith and Cersei Link EP. Can you tell us all about this? This is on the label that I run with my friend Glenn Gretland, 7A Records. This is a real joy, right? This is this is lovely. Christian and Cersei and uh, Mickey. You, I, I guess a lot of you Monkey fans may know that Cersei Link and Christian do. Uh, Christian Nesmith, they, they they write beautiful pop songs. Mm-hmm. They do wonderful music. They're a great act on the, in, in, on their own. They did. Um, what they call it the living room sessions, aren't they? Ken, is that right? Yes. Yes. 
they did the, a living room session where they kind of film it and, and, and record songs like a sort of a, an unplugged, us older uh, heads would refer to it as. <laughs> and they had Mickey in, and they did four songs of Mickey. Uh, Randy Scouse, Git, Pauper's Song, Crying in the Rain, and Good Morning, Good Morning by the Beatles. And it was brilliant. And me and Glenn were kind of thinking, man, you know, this would make an excellent little record. An, an old-fashioned, you know, harking back to the 60s, an old-fashioned vinyl EP. Four tracks, two tracks on each side. You don't really get those anymore. Singles kind of made a compact, but you don't get EPs. Mm -hmm. So we got in touch with Christian, who um, was completely open to it, and we spoke to Mickey, and um, I think Christian spoke to Cersei, and they were all up for it. So we've got the songs on this stunning vinyl. It's translucent purple, if I remember correctly. Yes, yes. Seven-inch vinyl, and we're really proud of it. We think it's great. But, you know, I've had a wonderful, long conversation with Christian on the phone about this and about all kinds of stuff that I'm, you know, it was just a brilliant evening phone call. I was on the phone to about 45 minutes talking politics and music and mm. um, everything you could think of under the sun. He's such a nice, down-to-earth bloke, such a talent, as is Cersei. And the songs are great. You know, the songs are really, really good. So they're, they're, they're the songs that were, were played during the, um, the, the the living room sessions. Mickey had to go back to re-record re the vocals for two of them. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember which two. I think Randy Scouse Git was one and another. So he went back and re-recorded the vocals specifically for this record. But Christian thought there were one or two fluffs. And so these are superb uh, vocals. Only 500 copies of this in this format. So when these 500 are sold out, this EP will not be available in this format again. They're stunning. I want to start a competition. In fact, this is what we're going to do here, Ken. I want to race the first person that posts a picture on um, the, the 7A Records Facebook page of this EP signed by all three, by Cersei, Christian, and Mickey, will win a prize. We'll work out what that prize... i tell you what that prize will be. This is it, Ken. This is a, a spontaneous competition happening, happening here, right? Mm -hmm. The first person to go to facebook.com slash 7A Records and post uh, a picture of their copy of this EP signed by Cersei, Christian and Mickey will win the forthcoming CD of the Mickey Dolenz, uh, the MGM Singles Collection, which is going to come out on CD at some point this year, probably September, with loads of bonus tracks. You can win that if you can, the first person that shows us a picture of that EP signed. How's about them apples? That's that's very cool. And can you tell folks where they can get it? If you're in the UK, it's on Amazon.co.uk. If you type in Dolens link, it'll come up. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also get it on Amazon in the states. Now, it's, and it's more expensive in the states because we're based in the UK. So it's it's classed as an import. We're really recommending. We have found the cheapest place that's selling it in the United States is DeepDiscount.com. Right, uh, and we're constantly looking for the cheapest ones. So we, if we find it cheaper anywhere, we'll let you know. Follow us on Twitter at Seven A Records. But right now, DeepDiscount.com have got it for like it's like forty percent cheaper than Amazon are selling it for. And they're in fact they're selling all of our stuff there a lot cheaper. The um, chance of a lifetime single is cheaper there. The uh, Bobby first Bobby Hart solo album is much much cheaper on Deep Discount. In fact, we've just sent off. They've just put in a new order for the first Bobby Hart solo album on CD um, because Deep Discount have just sold out of it. So they, they've just put in a huge order for a load more. So as soon as they, they've got more stock, we'll let you know. So, yeah, that's kind of the place we're recommending at the moment. Well, I'll tell you for myself, right now I'm looking at 
deep discount and I purchased two of them today for only eleven sixty eight per item. So wow. you can get this excellent collectible and, and this edition will never be made again. There's only five hundred of them. There's a picture of Cersei, Mickey, and Christian on the cover. <laughs> pictures. <laughs> yeah, and and the artwork is just fantastic. Only five hundred. So folks, yeah. I I've already got two of them. So but it's it's <laughs> counting down. And and, and uh, uh, the cover, you know, again is done by my friend Scott Balcony, who who is a is a t-shirt printer and designer mm. and artist. He's done the front covers of uh, yeah, he's done the front covers of all of the seven A releases so far. And there's kind of um, if you put them all side by side. There's kind of a, a sort of slight theme that runs through it. I think they've got they've got a very distinct style, mm-hmm. um, and we just think he's he's brilliant. But you're right. The, the, once these 500 are gone, you won't be able to buy this EP uh, apart from you get. I guarantee you, six months time, people will be selling this for you know 50 bucks on eBay. Oh, so I know good it. luck to them. You know, good luck to them. Seven A is doing it again. <laughs> Records is proud to present a brand new EP by Mickey Dolans, Christian Nesmith, and Cersei Link. The lavish, translucent, purple-colored vinyl EP features four previously unissued tracks recorded last year. It is released on June 17th in Europe and on June 24th in the U.S. This set is strictly limited to 500 copies. Get yours while you can. This four-track EP includes the songs Porpoise Song, Good Morning, Good Morning, Crying in the Rain, and Randy Scouse Git. Get these four previously unissued recordings on this 7-inch EP on purple translucent vinyl. Mastered from the original masters, limited to only 500 copies. Get yours while you can. 7A is doing it. Folks, let me tell you something about 7A's releases. You're not getting just a CD. You're not just getting just a vinyl single. The uh, Mickey Once in a Lifetime artwork is just absolutely amazing, stunning. And when you think of like a 45, you think of like a picture sleeve. This looks like it has its own album case that that it comes in. And then there's another sleeve that it goes into inside of the sleeve <laughs> so fortune that was glenn's idea and it caught the, the inner sleeve you know it comes in a, a thick paper sleeve mm-hmm. with the 7a logo on and that was glenn's idea and it, it cost us oh hang on that's my uh alarm. it cost us an absolute fortune to do that we don't make you know we're not making money on this if we sell that you mentioned the mickey dolan's chance of a lifetime uh single yes um the front cover by the way and i keep forgetting to mention this the front cover again is a picture by henry diltz you know the legend Yes. Um, uh, um, there are only a thousand copies of that. 
And again, once those thousands sell out, we will not be pressing any more vinyl copies of that. Okay, that will be the only time you can buy this 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 uh, this single. And um, I, I love that record, man. I love that record. It comes in a gatefold sleeve, got a Henry Dilts picture. It's got sleeve notes on there. I think the songs are rocking. They're co-written by Mickey. Um, and um, you know, I'm I'm very very proud of it. I, I think I think they're great releases. But they will sell out. You know, this is we're doing small numbers so we can afford to do it. When we sell all a thousand copies of the Chance of a Lifetime single, we will make back, after we've paid off manufacturing and licensing and fee to Mickey and all of this stuff, we'll make back, Glenn and I, about $300 between the two of us. So we're not doing this to cream the fans, we're not doing this to rip people off, this is done with love and we are throwing as many extras in there as we can and that $300 is then being ploughed into some of the future releases that we're, we're working on. All of the money that we make gets ploughed back into the next releases. It is absolutely exquisite artwork and solid, solid packaging. This I is not it. just a flight fly-by-night kind of thing and this is by fans for fans kind of thing so these are the stuff that the, the, the remit is whenever Glenn and I come up with an idea for something is would I buy this would okay. I want to buy this and I've said no to things that Glenn has suggested because I've just said yeah I don't think I'd want to buy that and he's he said the same thing to me we both have to agree that we would want to buy this to make it and we've you know we've we've, we've shut down a couple of projects just because the other one said went uh, i don't think i'd buy that and that's what it's about that's what it's all about it's, it's for the fans buy us for us exactly and of course we mentioned bobby hart who's going to be on in the show later isn't he just the, the, Hello, the, the i love you bobby <laughs> bobby hart is just great seriously you want to show your love for bobby hart pick up his his album and it's called the first Bobby Hart solo album. Yeah. CD for the first time ever. It's got um, a beautiful booklet with an interview with Bobby and sleeve notes written by me. Loads of unseen pictures from his collection. Three bonus tracks that um, never made the album. Um, and also, I, I would check out Bobby Hart's Facebook page because it, he was so thrilled that Deep Discount sold out of them and they put in a new order that he's going to start having some competitions on, on his Facebook page and the Boyce and Hart page run by the, the wonderful Caroline Boyce they're going to start having some competitions for, for fans to win maybe signed copies and stuff like that so keep checking it out man but yeah they're, they're, I mean the Deep Discount just sold out of those bad boys so uh, happily sending them another stash to sell well you know you want to get this stuff while you can folks because Everything that 7A does seriously is a limited edition. Ask Bobby Hart, right? I love, I love Bobby Hart. I mean, how cool is it that I've got? Is it, I, I sent an email to Bobby Hart today. I mean, you know, ridiculous, really. One of my heroes. Ask him about the first time he charged someone for an autograph. And it was me. And we were both really, really embarrassed for it. It was it was at the convention a couple of years ago, and um, the, the money was going towards the Boyce and Hart movie, um, and. Uh, <laughs> It was the first time I'd ever paid for an autograph. It was the first time he'd ever charged for an autograph. And I went, Bobby, let's. I, we both feel a little bit dirty here, but we're both getting something out of it. Let's just never mention this again. <laughs> I love the man. I love him. I love him. Two of the songs that the Monkees recorded this year was written by a friend of yours over there, Andy Partridge. Oh man, alive! Yeah, Mr. Partridge. Uh, what what a thrill! And uh, you bring the summer. Isn't that just a pop classic? It is. It absolutely. Let me tell is. You again, I, I was having um, 
I was having a really bad day. I was having a bad day. Mm -hmm. And um, um, it was just as it was shortly after Andrew had got in, tried to get in touch with with Andy on Twitter and I had sent Andy an email saying Andy you uh, you should check this guy out he wants to reach out to you about writing a song so about three days after that I was um, having a terrible day and I was in a really grotty shopping mall in Hammersmith in West London right it's a horrible thing it was terrible weather I had to go off and do a rubbish job when I felt miserable and um I just that morning I sent an email to Andy saying, "So Andy, you're going to do it. You're going to write a song for the monkeys." He um, phoned me back as I, was, as I was in the shopping mall. He said, uh, "I've written the song already." I went, "What?" He went, "Yeah, I've written the song." I said, "But they only got in touch two days ago." He said, "Yeah, no. I was so excited. I channeled my inner Neil Diamond and I've written <laughs> it. Do you want me to sing it to you?" And I, and you know, Andy is. I mean, he is one of my favourite songwriters. He's in my top three songwriters. XTC. Oh, I love that band so much. Um, and I went, yeah, okay. He went, let me just get my guitar. <laughs> he put the phone down, got the guitar, and was playing the song and la la lying some of the words that he hadn't written yet. And then he did the chorus and he went, what do you think? Do you think they'll like it? <laughs> He's asking me, do you think they'll like it? I went, oh man, that could have been straight off of Pisces. You know, that is just. It was, you know, it was a little bit more psychedelic, the, the version that he sang me. And there was the line about the, the birds and bees and the monkeys will be flying around me. You know, there was a couple of gags in it like that. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was, you know, I was in tears. Honestly, Ken, it was one of those moments I was in tears. I thought this is, this is one of those moments I shall treasure. One of my favorite songwriters has written a song for my favorite band and he's singing it to me down the phone. It doesn't get any better than that. Agreed. So, Ian, we've got all this cool stuff coming up from 70 what can you tell us is coming and i know there's things you can't quite tell us about yet but i know you you and glenn uh, have something up your sleeves we're spreading our wings too far i think all right the thing i can definitely tell you is and i, I keep talking about this but the mickey dolenz the mgm singles collection is happening we're, we're hoping september the reason we the only reason we keep putting it off is um, just because of good times, you know. We don't want to get lost in the good times wave, you know, which is shows no sign of, of breaking on the shore yet. So, right. Um, and right, and gratefully so, you know. Not, this is not in any way <laughs> us being bitter or jealous. We're we're so pleased to see it and so proud to see good times doing so well. So we keep putting it off um, for that. We're hoping September, but you just don't know with the monkeys, Ken. You know, no, you can never count them out. Just, you can't. You know, it might still be going on. So we'll see. But that's definitely happening with quite a few bonus tracks, and we're still trying to sort out the bonus tracks. Next year, oh, man, there are two really big projects, um, right, one of which isn't, n neither of them are quite signed off yet, so I, I have to be slightly careful. One of them, we're looking at a really nice Davy Jones package, okay? And we are talking to uh, Davies Estate, who are wonderful and really like what we're doing. And we are talking to, will this give away too much? We are talking to some people in Japan. That's all I can say. Mm. Well. That's all I can say. Um, and, and we're looking at a really nice, possibly a CD, DVD package with, with Davy. And also, next year is the 35th anniversary of Mickey Dolenz's tour of Japan in 1982. Wouldn't it be nice to get some kind of release from that, huh? That'd be great. That Wouldn't would be that great. be great, Ken? 
That would be something. <laughs> well, keep them peeled. You never know. You never know what we're working on. We found some treasures, basically, and we are doing everything we can to um, get out a nice CD and DVD package of, of that as well. Well, Ian Lee, we always love to hear from you. We love having you on the show. Uh, as far as we're concerned, you're another part of us, and uh, we love what you're doing with 7A records actually i'm going to start calling it 7a entertainment because you never know what you guys are going to do you know so well it keeps uh, it, yeah i know 7a records because we thought we're only ever going to release one vinyl record and that'll be it but yeah we're branching out into dvds and cds and digital and all these kind of things so um hey listen guys check out our facebook page please 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 facebook.com forward slash 7a records and one final thing if you go to 7arecords.com, you can register for our news. I send out emails every now and then with exclusive previews and pictures and things like that. There's a, there's a little box you can click on the, the, the website. Or if you email me, Ian, I-A-I-N, at 7arecords.com and just put in the subject mailing list, I'll, I'll input your details and I'll add you to the mailing list. Very good. So they can find you on Twitter at? At 7A Records, and it's 7 as in the number 7, 7A Records. Uh-huh. What, what'd you say? 7A! Oh, you know, no reason to get so excited, Ian. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm Ken, I know. <laughs> I've just been sent a lovely tweet um, um, by Kelly, and she's um, shown me, she's got the Mickey Dolenz Chance of a Lifetime single playing on her record player. Thank you, Kelly. Bless you for that. There we go. Awesome. That's nice, isn't it? Yes, it is. So... We want to thank you for coming on Zilch once again, and uh, you're welcome anytime to come on. Just uh, just know that we are here for you, and we love 7A, and we all love the monkeys. Boom! Here we come. Walking off the podcast. All right, brother. See you later on. Take care. All right, we'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye. If you know the monkeys or you've been listening to this podcast for more than 10, 15 minutes or so, you know the name Bobby Hart. And we've been fortunate to have him on the show in the past and here talking about his new release from 7A Records and a bunch of other stuff. Here on the Zilch Hotline, welcome Bobby Hart. Hello. And now on the Zilch Hotline, we welcome back Mr. Bobby Hart. Welcome back to Zilch, Bobby. Hey, Ken, nice to be with you again. It's it's always great to have you around. Boy, 2016 is turning out to be the year of the monkeys again. Yeah. Who Whoever knew? would have like thought. 50 years later, right? 50 years later, exactly. Yeah. And you actually have something to do with the new album, Good Times. Well, uh, they were they were kind enough to resurrect. Uh, they had somebody, I guess, Andrew Sandoval, found a, uh, a cut uh, that Tommy and I had done a very good demo of, uh, around 1967 that never got recorded by either Boyce and Hart or the Monkees and uh, Adam Schlesinger who produced the new Monkees album said it sounded like a hit to him so they cut it and it saved my record of having at least one song in every Monkey record isn't that amazing (laughs) (laughs) now what's the name of the track it's called whatever's right
Yeah, and, and they did ask me to come down and, uh, and sing backgrounds on it, which was fun. And Coco Dolans and I did the backgrounds in that cut. And then I went back and uh, played keyboards in another cut later on. Yeah, Andrew Sandoval posted a photograph of you behind the keyboards, and it, it was quite a thrill for him. <laughs> well, he finally got to actually produce a, a new monkey record from scratch, so I don't think it'll be on the, uh, I don't think that cut is on the album, but I think it'll be the, he said a B-side of the first single, I don't know how that works, I don't know if they even had B-sides these days, but anyway, it'll, it'll be out in some form. Well, that's a fantastic. Good cut. It's really good, it's written by uh, Andy Partridge, I believe, from uh, XTC. Love is what I want. There's crazy folks out there who will take your dreams away for some strange reason or another. Perhaps they never had that someone saying I love you. Perhaps they were cuddled by their mother. Love is what I want, what I want for us all. Yes, sir, it's all we have to give. And that is, of course, love is what I want from the Japanese or international version of the Monkees album, Good Times. So you can get that on the Japanese edition. That's what I'm talking about. That's the one I play keyboards on. It's just those two. I sang on uh, on the Boys and Heart Cut and played keyboards on uh, Love Is What I Want. Mm-hmm. Now, when, when they first approached you about being on a Monkees record in 2016, what was your first immediate thought? Well, I had heard about it, you know. Uh, uh, Mickey... Uh, Mickey Dolans and Peter Tork and I did an appearance together a few weekends ago, I guess about three weekends ago on the East Coast. And uh, and so, and I also, Mickey was telling me about it as early as uh, when I saw him at his birthday party uh, a few months ago. Mm. And uh, so I knew it was something special because he was telling me all the names of these young indie rock writers and that had been obviously influenced enough by the monkeys in their day to, uh, to want to write original songs for this project and how good it was coming out. So he's, he was very excited about it from the get-go. It seems like they're really invigorated right now. They are, and uh, what was maybe just going to be a regular uh, short tour season and now has turned into probably 60-plus uh, dates and, uh, and, uh, and this new album to support... I, I'm, I was told they'll be doing some of the songs, some of the new songs, uh, in the live show. And uh, there's a lot of press and, uh, I don't know, a special, daytime special on the Monkees, uh, coordinating the weekend when it's released. I think it's going on the 28th. So there's a lot going on, and uh, like I said, who knew that people would be interested 50 years later, but they are. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing. Absolutely. It's coming around that time of year where people start thinking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Do you think the Monkees will ever wind up there? You know, I know very little about that. Uh, K-Earth 101 out here in L.A. asked me to be on a few years ago when they were, they were doing this big petition thing mm-hmm. to, uh, to try to get that to happen. But what, I'm, what I hear, it's pretty political about who gets in and who doesn't, and it's controlled by one man or a short, or a short list of people. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, maybe he'll grow out of it at some point, <laughs> like everybody else did. You know, it was kind of politically incorrect to be a monkey fan for a few years after the monkeys uh, zoomed up 
to uh, international stardom and then, and then pulled off really quickly. But by the time uh, Tommy and I went out with Mickey and Davey, 10 years later, it was becoming cool again to, to be a monkey fan. And it's gotten cooler ever since, as I can see. Right. Maybe maybe he'll catch up with the rest of the world. You know? <laughs> yeah, there doesn't seem to be that stigma anymore. No. People know, most people know how silly it was for everybody to buy into uh, monkeys don't play their own instruments, you know, uh, because nobody did in those days, and still, CD musicians are very prevalent. Uh, even even big recording groups and even new indie groups, they'll use outside people out of the band to record uh, instruments, and uh, there was always a monkey was singing lead. Mm-hmm. I question that, although what, it, it did kind of get out of hand. It, yeah, I think it, it started as part of the campaign uh, by the monkeys themselves, headed by Michael, to, uh, to take control of their recording process. And so they were the ones. Michael did that Saturday evening uh, post interview that kind of blew it open and started the whole thing, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's so cool that folks are able to revisit everything from the past. And speaking of things from the past, who would have thought that your first solo album was going to be released nowadays <laughs> yeah that was another surprise that came from 7a records in london and uh, our friends there uh, ian lee and, and, and glenn uh Gretlin, somehow got wind that i did make a, a solo album in 1978 and released it very sparsely in some uh, european countries never saw the light of day in in the in the united states but uh they dug up an old uh, vinyl version from Germany somewhere and said this record needs to come out. So uh, I licensed it to them and uh, and found uh, a couple of extra. We had overcut for the album way back then, and so I, I gave them a couple extra cuts for bonus tracks. And, uh, and the reaction's been very good. And the uh, you know there was a I, I, I dug up a video where I, I had gone to. Hong Kong to do a, a television special mm-hmm. when that record came out and so I uh, dug up a video of a couple of the songs that I recorded there um, and then Vince Magna who was my guitar player for that whole album and has since uh, long since gone back to his hometown of Milwaukee and gone to law school and he's now one of the the top lemon law lawyers in the country mm-hmm but I sent him a copy of the CD when it came out, the first time on CD in, in uh, 2015. And uh, so he said, you know, it hurts so bad, it sounds so great, we, we should do a, a video. He said, I've been doing some, you know, humorous videos uh, around my law practice and so on, but uh, I'd like to do a video for Hurt So Bad. And so he actually did that. He hired professional actors to fly in from New York and a, a great cinematographer and a director and and they put together a very interesting video of Hurt So Bad, so that's kind of going... He's getting about uh, a thousand views a week on it so far, and that's kind of fun. That's fantastic. It's it's kind of cool to see it revisited, and if you go on YouTube, not only can you find the new version, but you've got the classic <laughs> version as well, the uh, one of you and the backup dancers and everything. Yeah, yeah that's the one we did in Hong Kong, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's and there's, uh, you know, and you see the others as well. The little Anthony, uh, 
who was the first version that's who we wrote it for in 1965 and uh, 64 it came out in 65 I think and uh, and of course it was top 10 three different times by three different artists in three different decades so there's Linda, Linda Ronstadt can be found on there singing too yeah so it was Little Anthony, Linda Ronstadt, and who was the third? The Letterman. Oh, the Letterman, that's right, that's right, yeah. that's right. It was top ten by the Letterman. It was also recorded by uh, Jackie DeShannon, which was a, it was a medley with another song, mm -hmm. uh, which made the charts. It was recorded by Alicia Keys. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. And song really does seem to have a life of its own. So it does. It's, those, are the, those are the nice surprises when uh, you think you wrote a song for somebody and it came out and then it went up and down the charts and you think that's the end of it and then you get the surprise hey it's on the charts again cool <laughs> well not to get too personal or anything you know what's the origin of the song hurts so bad um i was working as one of teddy Mendazzo's backup singers in vegas we worked 12 12 weeks on 12 weeks off in 64 65 uh, 60, 63 64 maybe and uh, so I was a Dazzler, I was Teddy and Dazzler and the Dazzlers, and uh, kind of like a Joey D and the Starlighters kind of an act. And, and uh, we would go to work at midnight and uh, and do, I don't know, four or five sets, mm -hmm. We'd get off at seven in the morning. So every other hour we'd be on, uh, playing for an hour. And uh, Teddy and Dazzler was the one who was producing Little Anthony at the time, and they'd just come off two big hits. So we... He uh, got a couple of us together after, between sets one night in, uh, at the Thunderbird Hotel, and he said, uh, uh, going out of my head is, is uh, falling off the charts, and we don't have anything in the can, so we need to write a song for, for Anthony. So let's go up and find a piano. So Teddy and, uh, and Bobby Weinstein and, and myself went up and found a deserted ballroom in the Thunderbird. Uh, so in that dark, damp, <laughs> deserted ballroom that night we wrote Hurt So Bad between sets. Wow. It's amazing. You never know where a song's going to come from. Yeah. It usually comes from, uh, you know, you, we, need a, we need a song. It comes from the... <laughs> Desperation. From the, yeah. <laughs> from the, uh, the vacuum that's, uh, that's there waiting to be filled. So if I'd like you to to play DJ and uh, introduce the song. Okay, tell me what the song is and I'll introduce it. Oh, Hurt So Bad, your oh, version. Okay, the one we've been talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, here's a song that I wrote in 1964 for Little Anthony and the Imperials that has been very good to me and uh, I hope you enjoy it. It's my version, I hope, of, uh, of the song that was hit so many times. It's called Hurt So Bad.
Needles and pins. And of course you can get that at Deep Discount and Amazon. And it sold out recently at Deep Discount, but they have restocked their orders. So you can get the Bobby Hart CD at Deep Discount. Check it out. Get um, it on Amazon, and uh, they, they're selling it internationally on Amazon. It, it, so we want to encourage everybody to check that out because Ian Lee and uh, Glenn, they, they really they really know how to make a very impressive package as far as, I mean, you, you get that CD set and it's just so amazing. You can they tell did a good the, job, didn't they? The, oh, the, absolutely. The uh, booklet and, and the graphics were very nice. Now, let's talk about your book, Psychedelic Bubblegum. How'd that go? You know, it was. I'm so gratified that the Monkees fans uh, just stood up and... Uh, and and back that book so nicely was it was number one on Amazon's uh, mm -hmm. biography charts, uh, top 100 for for weeks, and then uh, just stayed. It's not it's not consistent now, uh, but I think Wednesday was number 57, something like that. So it pops in and out. So it's still got and, some uh, legs. We're gonna do a little uh, re-release kind of thing to celebrate the uh, the one year anniversary of its release which will be uh, this this month I think on the 25th and uh, and just try to get it out to a little wider audience and ask some of the fans who uh, have been so so wonderful to support it to, uh, to make one last uh, effort and go on one of those uh, general reading sites you know like Goodreads and, and some of those sites and just do a little uh, endorsement so we can introduce it to a, a wider audience. So folks, get out there and rate it on Amazon and sites like that because that actually really helps sell products nowadays. And I know that a lot of Zilch listeners bought that book and loved that book. We got so many nice comments, uh, and uh, then I did do the uh, the audio version. Yes. And uh, recorded it myself, and uh, and Mickey Dolans came over and. Uh, recorded the forward that he had written for the book and so that's out there if you're one of those people who doesn't want to pick up a hard copy you can download that anytime you want and play it in your car or whatever very cool so do you plan on uh, seeing the boys on tour the the monkeys on tour this year at all i hope to see them uh they're going to be here i think at the pantages theater hope to hope to go down uh i've seen most of their their last tours uh, i saw the tour with uh, with uh, the last last tour with Davey and got a chance to go back and, uh, and reminisce with him a while after the show and mm -hmm. that was uh, in retrospect uh, a wonderful blessing because who knew that we were going to lose him so quickly after that and then I saw the show with uh, with Michael and, and Nikki and Peter which was great and I've seen the show with the two of them and it's still great I mean they just put on a great show and those songs uh they've got so many to choose from you know they go into some of the deep cuts sometimes and, and uh as i said on this tour they're going to be singing some of the new stuff so i'm, I'm sure it's going to do very well recently in salon magazine peter torque said that the monkey songbook is perhaps maybe the third best right after the beatles and the stones this is what he said the author of the article said the songs have proved themselves to be among the best of the 20th century pop. Then Peter Tork responded, I actually agree. I think the Monkey Songbook is maybe the third best songbook. You can't beat Lennon and McCartney. So who do you think would be number two, asked the interviewer. And he said, the Stones, I think. They did the blues, and that counts for a ton in my world. So third, maybe. That's not bad. We as Monkey fans, we know that you're a big chunk of that songbook. Well, uh, luckily, yeah. 
I mean, we got that that wonderful opportunity just uh, we when, just when we came back to Los Angeles from having a couple hits in New York, and based on those hits, got signed to Screen Gems Columbia Music. Uh, we appeared just at the right time. Nevin's Kirshner Music, the hottest music publisher ever in the history of, uh, of pop music, just got bought by by uh, Columbia Pictures, and they had just opened a West Coast office. So the East Coast writers, who was the who were the uh, those teams were the the backbone of Nevin's Kirshner now now Columbia Screen Gems Columbia music. They were still in the West Coast. Carol King didn't make it out here until. 68 and Man and Wild uh, soon followed and, and and everybody moved out here eventually but Tommy and I came here in 65 actually Tommy late 64 and me 65 because I had to get off the road from the Teddy Randazzo show uh-huh. and uh, and so we got it just at the right time to be introduced not only to the producers of the Monkees but to the producers of uh new sitcom that was a new uh, sorry not a sitcom a new daytime soap called Days of Our Lives yeah <laughs> it was coming out and a whole ton of other movie and television projects we just just lucked out to be here at the right time and beyond beyond being here at the right time to have those opportunities from a music publisher that who was owned by uh, a picture a motion picture company and a TV studio also, the right time as the whole music business shift shifted here from the east, and uh, this new music that they were calling psychedelic was starting to uh, emerge from the California, from the Sunset Strip scene, and uh, and so we were able to be just uh, a step a step ahead um, musically and physically, and in the right place at the right time and. And uh, so grateful that the Monkees uh, continue to record our material all the way through 2016. But that's that's not a bad place to be, uh, right behind the Beatles and the Stones. That's that's pretty good. I know that you have such a, a respect for the Beatles and everything. How does that make you feel being uh, equated like that by Peter Tork? I think it's very nice, you know, and it, I'm very gratified because of not only Peter's quote, I mentioned being on the East Coast with Peter and Mickey a couple of weekends ago, and and we did a concert where uh, I got on stage with them and we sang uh, four or five Voice and Heart Monkey songs. And Mickey did such a wonderful, sw- wonderfully sweet tribute uh, to Voice and Heart on that stage, uh, explaining to the audience that not only did we write most of the Monkey's hits, but we produced them. As such, we actually created the sound of the monkeys because he said that's what a producer does is, is come up with what should this group sound like. And uh, it's just very sweet to see this kind of these kind of accolades coming. You know, there was I noticed it starting to trickle in with Andrew Sandoval's uh, liner notes uh-huh. for the first repackage that Rhino did when Rhino bought the Monkey Masters. I, I think he was the first one to say something like that about us uh, creating the sound which was kind of emulated emulated by future monkey producers including themselves but it's just kind of snowballed over the years and now with 50 years later we're getting such respect that it's a little unnerving we didn't know where this, I didn't know all of this would be uh, forthcoming two years after doing the work 
Amazing. 2016, the year of the monkeys, and uh, we're going to try to get them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and get you in there as well. So this is uh, going to be fantastic. Songwriters, Songwriters Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, we were nominated a couple of times, oh, maybe five, six years ago, maybe less, uh, but but didn't uh, didn't make the cut. Songwriters Hall of Fame would be really cool. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Well, Bobby, we want to thank you for being on the show today and letting folks know about your 7A Records release. And, and it's very cool that you were able to work on a new Monkees album in 2016. It's just stunning. Who would have ever thought? Well, it was nice that they included me, uh, not only putting it on the album, but letting me come down and, and, uh, and sing and, and have a little fun with it and meet the guys. And Adam Schlesinger's a great producer, so he's done a wonderful job. And all those, all those writers who stepped up and brought in some good a-list material it's going to be probably their it's going to be their best album since since the early 60s mid 60s wow well you heard it from bobby hart himself <laughs> are you in touch with caroline boyce yes i understand she, she also got an award yesterday yeah there was something going on in nashville right yeah the guys got an award and i think they gave her one as well oh nice that's really nice because there's been a few times where gold albums have been awarded to the monkeys and to me because it's usually west coast but now they're rehearsing in in nashville for their tour so that's that's great that she's gotten an award uh, on tommy's behalf yeah fantastic well basically there there may not be a monkeys if it weren't for you guys so well there would have been a monkeys it would, might, might have sounded or looked a little different but i'm glad we were able to be there at the right time and have our input <laughs> well i'll tell you I, I, I can't imagine the monkeys without last train to clarksville yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone can. Yeah, thanks. It's, uh, it was really fun talking to you again, and uh, all my best to all the Monkey fans and anybody else. All right, Bobby. Well, I, I can. Thank you good, so good much. Good to talk to you. If you need me for anything, you've got my number. All right, sir. And thank you. Thank thanks. you so much. Seriously, you were, you were a big help to us as a show. Because I feel like when you came on, it really legitimized us in a way. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I'll come on every week then. <laughs> but if you the see Bobby a, Hart a Show. Dip, if you see a little dip in the ratings, just give me a call. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, sir. Well, we will right, see you. You take care. All right. Bye-bye. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. It was full of monkey's goodness and... We had Bobby Hart, Ian Lee, and a Peter Tork interview from James Grant, Monkey's Mailbag, and Mike, Mickey, and Peter on WFPK Louisville with DJ Laura Shine. It was uh, chock full of monkeys, goodness, so there you go, another cool episode for you. We will be back soon, right, Sarah? Absolutely. The uh, monkeys' interviews and news and tour information and the Blu-ray, hopefully, are all just coming fast and furious right now. I think we're kind of at even within the context of the year of the monkeys i think we're at like peak monkeys right now for the next little bit so we're just gonna try to bring these things together and share what we know and put it out to y'all as quickly as we can uh it's been really exciting all the business that we've been getting on the facebook group we've been getting a whole lot of new followers we actually uh we make it to be breaking the 3000 member mark pretty soon so if you haven't uh joined up with the zilch facebook group please uh consider coming by and becoming a part of zilch nation and also i noticed that we are getting pretty close to 100 itunes reviews did you see that yeah so give us your itunes reviews it's important that you do that let people know how much you love 
zilch and love the monkeys and we will read those on our show absolutely and we might do a little something special if we break 100 itunes reviews haven't decided on what yet but oh wow yeah cool well we want to thank you all for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode of zilch your podcast full of monkeys see you then and that's our show Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members, past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around. <laughs> Don't now. Now really, everybody cool it, because I won't be able to get through this. Action. Hey, wow. It's a groovy button. What does it say? Love is the ultimate trip. Oh, gee, that's a nice thought. Gee, that's a neat button. What does it say? <laughs> Let's go again. Fantastic. Smackalicious. I'm just being silly right now. Um... You know, recording actually only takes five minutes and 45 minutes of bloopers. Yep. You're standing now. Would you would you rather me just do the whole line again? No, no. Are you are oh. you standing or sitting now? I'm I'm sitting. You want me to stand? Do you have your shoes on? Uh huh. Okay. You so you're sitting and you've got your shoes. Could you take one hand and rub your stomach in a counterclockwise motion? And sure. I'm just I'm just seeing how long. <laughs> Could you take a pan hole, a pan out of your? <laughs> It'll really help the audio. I think this is really going to clinch the interview now. It's, this is now really going to do it. <laughs> <laughs>